It's Melanie White here with another episode of the Habitology Podcast. And this is another one in the Entrepreneur Series, and it's for coaches who are just starting out and getting used to running coaching sessions. As a coach trainer, I do a lot of assessments for people who are studying how to become a coach, a health and wellness coach, that is. And there are some key things that need to be covered in a session that I often see are getting left out. And that's why I wanted to talk through those things briefly today so that you're really clear on how to run a session. So this particular podcast talks about a first session. And really there are three main parts to the session for it to run successfully. Obviously, you know as a coach that the most important part of the session is coaching presence and relationship because that's the thing that builds trust and rapport and when you have trust and rapport your client is able to open up and talk freely about what's going on and more importantly what they would like to achieve and why that's important and what sorts of goals they might like to set so that relationship rapport and trust are essential the next part is the structure of a session and this helps to create a framework for you to operate in your client to understand what will be covered in the session. Uh, it helps you to stay on time and it also helps to be really clear about the expectations for the session on both sides. I'll talk about these things in a little more detail in a moment. The last part of the session is the use of coaching skills and tools and really this is the more academic side of things I suppose. This is where the theory and the instruments of coaching come in. And in my opinion, the most important part is the coaching relationship side of things because the structure and the skills and the tools can be learned, but the relationship is a lot more about who you are as a person and what your strengths are. So let's explore these three areas and talk about what will help you to run a great session and what you might need to do to build your skills in each of these three areas. Thinking about that first area, the coaching presence and relationship, uh, it's actually simple, but not necessarily easy. One of the things that is a great way to build trust and rapport and relationship in a coaching session is your ability to listen and to reflect back what you hear. This is something that you can practice in any conversation that you have during the day. And what this does is it gets you comfortable with silence. It gets you comfortable with letting somebody else talk. And it gives you some practice at really hearing what's being said. It sounds like something minor. It sounds like something perhaps too simple. But I encourage you to experiment with just listening, just actively listening. And I made a little video about this recently on my Facebook page and on the habitologist page about active listening such an important skill because when somebody feels like they've been listened to when they've been heard when they haven't been interrupted and when they've had their own words summarized back to them they really feel like somebody cares about them somebody understands them somebody's paying attention somebody's listening and all of those things build trust so the first thing that you can do as a coach is to really get practice in your everyday conversations with leaving silence, listening, 
and reflecting back a summary of what you heard the other person say. You can have a whole conversation that way, especially with somebody who's a little bit talkative, to give you some practice with that. So that's my first tip for developing great coaching relationship and rapport skills. The next part is to develop your skills and strengths in in all of those being skills, I suppose you could call them. They are things like warmth and empathy, compassion, um, zest, those sorts of things. So another way to develop those skills, especially if you're not somebody who's naturally that way inclined, is to practice smiling. Obviously there is a time and a place for smiling and not. If somebody's having a really terrible day, you don't want to make light of things. But simply smiling and letting that smile touch your eyes can help to generate a sense of warmth. It's a really simple way to build um, that into your conversation and to give the body language of some of the coaching being skills. Because another one that is conveyed by smiling is empathy. So warmth and empathy, actively listening, making eye contact are really helpful in that regard. You can probably tell that what I'm talking about is body language. Your body language says a lot. If you were to convey your being skills, warmth, empathy, calm, compassion, zest, you could do that without speaking. It would involve looking the person in the eye, leaning forward, smiling as I mentioned, having open body language, uncrossed arms, knees and ankles together, not crossed, and looking at the person, not being distracted, not shifting your head to the side, not staring into space. But those visual cues are really essential uh, to demonstrate some of those being skills. When it comes to being on the phone or verbally communicating, there is murmuring, there is uh, soft laughs, there is making light of things that is as another technique that you can use to convey that. Using the same tone of voice as your client and the same volume and the same speed really create a connection and demonstrate some of the being skills. Your voice, the tone of voice, speed and energy can convey playfulness, humour, empathy, calmness or zest. And they're all things that you can experiment with in your daily life conversations. I like to do this as an exercise for myself so that when I'm in a coaching session um, for each month of the year, I have a particular thing that I like to focus on and practice. I don't ever like to be idle and thinking that I know how to do things and it's all okay now because we can all slip a little bit in things that we don't practice. So I think it's great to have one or two intentions and to focus on those things each month in all of your conversations so that you feel confident that you're rehearsed and practiced enough in those particular things. So as an example, it might be that this month in the month of April, I've been practicing on really actively listening and leaving silence and murmuring. And then perhaps next month in May when I'm doing my coaching sessions there, I might focus on smiling and trying to convey warmth and empathy. 
So that's an example of how at the very small session by session level, you can just keep polishing up some of those skills, those doing and being skills and bringing them into the session. So the next thing to talk about is structure. I think that what I've just said about the doing and being skills is actually enough. You don't, it's not a, a complicated thing, it's more of a repetition thing because repetition is the mother of skill. So just practicing those things is probably enough to do. Structure is something that almost seems a little incongruous if you think that coaching is all about being present, being in the flow, being in the moment and letting the conversation go along its own course, it seems almost counterintuitive to build structure in. And at the same time, a lot of new coaches like that structure. They like having a blueprint to run a session by, but they perhaps stick to that a little strongly at the expense of some of those coaching relationship and being and doing and presence type skills. It's a fine balance really between the two. And I'd like to talk a little bit about structure as a general thing and to explain how you can create your own structure to run a really great coaching session. I suppose the first thing is to look at the very nuts and bolts of a session. If you look at a first session, you're going to have an introduction, a vision, some three monthly goals and some weekly goals if you're a health and wellness coach. And it's really great when you come into a session as a client that your coach says, this is what we're going to talk about and cover. So when you have that sort of a framework to know what's ahead of you, to know what to expect, it makes you feel more comfortable as a client. It helps you to understand what you need to do in the session. And as a coach, it helps you to be clear on how you can stick to time and what you need to cover. So the structure is beneficial for both the client and the coach. And I suppose the thing to think about is how can you make that structure work for you in a way that's not too onerous but gives you enough information to move forward. A lot of coaches find it easy to write out an introduction or to write out the things that they might cover in a vision section or to write out how they might introduce the three monthly and weekly goal sections. And just writing that out once and rehearsing it is enough to just plant that seed in your mind. Perhaps all you need then is a, is a visual prompt to help you to lead into that section. Once again, it's, it's just a matter of repetition. Imagine you're driving a car. You've got your indicators, your brake, your accelerator, your steering wheel and your mirrors to worry about. You've got your speed and other drivers on the road. There's a lot to think about at once. And so it is with structure. If you're able to start simply and get a focus on having a really clear outline, that's a great starting point. That's all you really need to do. Once you master that, you can become better at building a bit more clarity into how you describe the vision, perhaps, or what you might explore in that section. So see this as a piece-by-piece piece thing and make sure that you have just a simple overview to start with is probably the easiest. Something that's written in your words and something that you can condense into a few prompts so that when you're in the session you're not trying to read a whole bunch of things. As you get good at that, it'll become more natural, it'll become a habit, it'll get easier and you'll rely less and less on what's written and more and more on what's in your mind.
but keeping that written stuff minimal is going to be super helpful for you. I think another thing with the structure of a session is to be clear yourself on what needs to be covered and what needs to be explained. What I mean is this. Our clients come to us waiting to be told what to do. They don't understand what coaching is. They may not know how to write a vision statement. They may, may not understand what behavioural goals are or what they fit in the big scheme of things. So we need to have something that really, really simple that conveys what each of these things are and how they're accomplished in the session. That's going to make your life easier. It's going to save time and help you to keep to time. It's going to give the conversation some focus and it will help your client understand exactly what they need to come up with in terms of the vision and the three monthly and weekly goals. So a little bit of structure goes a long way is pretty much the message there. The last thing that I want to mention is uh, the coaching skills and tools. So I've mentioned already some of those skills that create rapport and connection, such as active listening and reflection. And certainly open-ended questions do that too. But they're also part of your coaching skills that need practice. I think something that I see a lot of and that really most people need to work on is asking vision-oriented, open-ended questions. Think about it for a moment. Let's say you've been working with a coach as a client and it's week four of your coaching program. You've gotten busy at work, your kids are a nightmare right now, one of them's sick and the other one's playing up and you've all but forgotten about your goals. What is it that's going to happen to reconnect you to those goals? What can a coach do or say or ask to help you get back on track and to refocus? If the work was done properly in that first session, in the vision session, the coach knows what motivates you and drives you, what you value and what's important to you and can take you back there. But most importantly is that the coach doesn't get bogged down in what's wrong, rather that they ask you how you'd like things to be. It's so important that as a coach, you can help your client pull back out of the detail of life and into the big picture of what they want. And open-ended questions are a key to that. So while it's tempting to want to solve problems or analyse or figure out what's wrong, and it's important to hear those things and acknowledge them, it's really essential that you learn to ask some questions that will help a client steer back toward their guiding values and principles, their bigger picture why, and the positives that are present in their lives. A great little way to think about it is this. 95% of what we think, say and do is, this, is unconscious. 98% of what we think, say and do is the same as what we did yesterday. And 70% of that is negative. So if your client is in the habit of focusing on their problems or talking about the negative, part of our job is to help them pull away from that automatic process of negative thinking or going into what's wrong and to help them to get some reflections and reframes on what is working. That repetitive approach with open-ended questions is helping our clients to rewire their brains and to start thinking differently about what's going on in their lives. And of course, that's an important part of them being able to see their own solutions rather than be stuck. 
So in the coaching skills and tools section, it's really important that you perhaps get a couple of questions that you can practice um, and start focusing on bringing those into the session at different points to help your clients pull away from the daily grind and detail and back into what they truly want. Some other really important coaching tools, uh, just two that I want to mention really. One is rulers, and these could be importance or confidence rulers, readiness rulers, energy rulers, and using numbers because what is measured is more likely to be achieved. So if a client wants more energy, then we can ask them to compare how it is now compared to then on a numeric scale. If a client says something is important to them, we can ask them to measure how important, which gets them thinking more deeply. We can use rulers to highlight what's going on, to figure out what a client wants and needs, and to measure progress, all of which create momentum and forward movement. So it's really important that as a coach we use rulers. Instead of just saying, are you feeling confident or it sounds like that's pretty important to you, we actually try and get the client to put a number on it. One of the other tools that we might use, or skills, it's probably a combination, is motivational interviewing. I think this is such an important skill because people often, as I've just mentioned, dive into what's not working for them, into the negatives, and they get stuck there. Or they get stuck in fear or lack of motivation. All of these things are ripe for the picking when it comes to motivational interviewing. Our clients need to understand what it is that drives them to not do something and to do something. So all we're asking them to do really is to reflect on the pros and cons of change. Some simple ways to do that without going into a lot of theory about motivational interviewing in this podcast would be to say, what happens if you do nothing compared to what happens if you take action? Getting them to see both sides of the coin very clearly helps them identify the path that they're going to prefer to take. And it also uncovers what's getting in the way so that they can problem solve and move past that. Your ability to ask some simple questions about the pros and cons of change, what's keeping them stuck and what might help them move forward how important it is, are really critical to help your clients become unstuck and gain momentum. So that's an overview of a first session at least, but it could be applied to other types of sessions. Being really clear on your coaching rapport, relationship and presence. Having a simple but effective structure that helps you to stay on track and set the agenda. And then being able to use and polish up the coaching skills and tools that will get to the heart of the matter and help your client to stay motivated, gain momentum and start kicking goals. I hope this has been really useful for you and if there's something else that you would like to know about, uh, feel free to drop me a line on melanie at melaniejwhite.com. If you're interested in getting support to keep your own mindset ticking over, to get momentum in your business, to take action and get traction, you can visit melaniejwhite.com forward slash Habitology. There's a monthly membership which might help you to do all of those things. Okay, that's it from me today. I look forward to seeing you in the next podcast. Thanks for listening and bye for now.